0: what is up ladies and gentlemen and welcome in to yet another edition of the return of the Roar podcast we are rolling here in the offseason uh for all those who haven't yet listened we uh we me and frankie dropped a maurice harkless um season in review breakdown uh episode on tuesday so if you have not listened to that after this episode, please make sure to go check that out. Uh, We will be doing those uh, for pretty much the entire roster. So uh, expect, like we said, two a week for the next coming weeks. Um, But we're not really here to talk about next season. We're here to talk about this upcoming season, um, specifically the draft we're recording here on Thursday. uh, And the NBA draft is officially two weeks from today. Uh, Frankie, first off, isn't that just crazy that, it just rolls, man. Like once, you know, the, the the NBA lottery kind of snuck up on us really quick after the season, and then uh here we are two weeks out from the draft. We're gonna perhaps have an NBA champion by then, I believe. Um but uh yeah, Frank, how how does it feel to know that uh that we're just two weeks away from all of this craziness and speculation finally being over?
1: Chris, hello, sir. Uh I am I think it's like a mixture of emotions. Like I'm, I'm very excited for the draft to be over. I'm a little afraid of what's going to unfold over the next two weeks. Um, I'm hopeful that the Kings are going to strike gold in this draft. Whether it be uh, in drafting Jay Nivey or Keegan Murray, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, or maybe they go with a dark horse pick, which we've seen Monty McNair has done before, like last year with Davion Mitchell. Um, it's like the, the the mystery surrounding the pick. There's there's no really clear cut pick for any really selection in the draft so far. I don't think any, no one's come out and reported that the Orlando Magic are 100% taking Jabari Smith with the number one pick. No one has reported that yet. And that's usually by this time in in the summer following the lottery in between the draft, we have that already. And there's usually a clear cut number one, uh, maybe even number one through three. And right now we don't really know what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. that's like the fun part and also the scary part, but. I'm ready for it to be over. I'm ready for us to to know who the Sacramento Kings are going to select. Um, I'm at the point now where the speculation is kind of getting, I mean, we have some things that are popping up recently, but it's getting stale overall as far as just talking about who are they going to take, who are they going to take. Let's just let's just get to it, man. But how are you feeling? Are you ready to get it over with too, or are you kind of just enjoying this this process of the, do you like the rumors or do you just want to get it over with and get to June 23rd?
0: I like the rumors. I like um, I'm a very I love reality TV, love drama. I love hearing other people's drama. Oh, my. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Wait, what reality shows do you what reality shows do you watch? Oh, I mean, mainly just MTV's the challenge. Kardashians. No, my sister loved the Kardashians. I mean, like my sister loved reality TV more. So, like, yeah, I would get a, a, a decent enough helping of the Kardashians. A Real Housewives. Helping of, uh, no, that's a little bit too much. That's just like. I can't do that. That's just basketball. Basketball wives. Yo, shout out Jackie Christie, but not Not going to (laughs) happen. I'm sorry. You're not going to catch me watching basketball wives. Um, You know, I hear there's a fantastic producer, but um, no, unfortunately (laughs) not. There was a point in my life for sure. I mean, like flavor of love. uh, See, now now we have to talk about the flavor of love. uh, I love New York. Uh all those shows, and of course, for those who don't know because I just found out, and like this is oh my God I'm doing this no i'm this is happening uh this has been like the greatest piece of knowledge that I've learned, probably post academia uh <laughs> like since I've left school the the best thing that I've learned is that Kevin John of a b c ten um shout out Kevin. Shout out, Matt. Shout out, Kevin. Great guy. Real Um, nice guy. Very nice guy, Kevin. Uh, Kevin was on I Love New York. For all those who don't know, look it up. Bones. Um, He had a pretty famous scene where, like, they, they were doing, like, a challenge where I think it was, like, a business plan that they had to come up with. And it was, like, kind of looking like The Apprentice and, like, New York and her mom were there. Uh, for all those who don't know what I'm talking about, like, this probably sounds like, frankly, like, I don't think you know what I'm
1: talking about. This is I never sense. watched this show. You have no idea, but I know. And, uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it was just this dude who, for sure, let's just say he did not attend business classes or probably many classes at all. And he's like, he's just giving some terrible pitch. And he, like, storms out and is, like, crying and, like, having a mental breakdown. And, of course, very on character. Uh, our man, Kevin John, uh, known as Bones at the time. Like, you know, it's like, hey, man, i like, good. Like, you're all right. Like, really tries to make him feel good. And like, it was a it was like a big storyline for him. So uh, shout out Kevin Bones. Shout, shout out, Bones. out, Bones. Uh, well, shout probably, out everyone I, who didn't know that. And you should you definitely go that, look you know at that? that and just have your mind blown. Have, have you told him that you know that? No, I haven't seen him since I have found okay. out. I will Hold probably on. have him sign something.
1: It's gonna it's it's gonna be a very interesting Mike Brown press conference when we when we see him in a, in yeah. a couple of weeks. It's gonna what be if Mike the first he's like, Bones Bones is that Bones? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Y'all got
1: celebrities in here. My, Mike Brown shows his yeah. his <laughs> I love New York tattoo that he has yeah. <laughs> on his on his on his arm. Real <laughs> you bonding should moment. Have you have won,
0: might, man, you, you should have, have won. a leg
1: up. you might have a leg up on that on that Mike Brown relationship already. You never know. Yeah. You never know awesome. like who who loves that show out there. Maybe maybe Luke Walton was like a I love New York person <laughs> too. Yeah, I love that show. Um I can't there was much TV watching in the Walton household. No. I don't think Bill would have liked Bill did Bill, you see Bill at the game last night? I did not. No. He was at the Celtics game. He mm-hmm. he was he was in prime Bill Walton Bill Walton form. Really? Like, was he banging
0: something just like hitting a drum or banging a seat or something that feels like some very bit bill seems like a very rowdy kind of guy when he uh when he parties
1: oh yeah he i would like to party with bill walton anyways with this anyways this is, this, is a, this is a king's podcast right um yeah. does this answer the question though to those either listening we're i'm <laughs> i'm ready to get to the draft um are you are you ready? I think you didn't really even finish what we were saying before yeah. are you ready to
0: get- <laughs> I can't remember where I got sidetracked but uh yeah i I'm definitely ready for the oh I was saying I love drama um <laughs> what a what a sidetrack we did uh yeah no I'm definitely ready for the draft um I do enjoy the intrigue of will it happen won't it happen will they be there won't they be there and uh you know, it's, it's just, it's super interesting how things change. And it, it does seem like, um, while you are correct in saying like, I don't think there's a, any clear, this is going to be the first pick. And then if that happens, this happens, this happens. Um, but it does seem like it's pretty locked that the top three are probably going in the top three of Chet Paolo and, and, uh, and Jabari Smith. It, I was kind of, I was secretly hoping, um, but it did seem like for a little bit that there was a possibility that one of those might fall out, specifically Chet or, or Paolo. But um, as, as we get closer, it does seem like those those three are pretty much going to be uh, locked in, which is very unfortunate for the Kings, because um, I think any one of those three guys would have been a great fit for the team and uh, and would bring something that the team definitely desperately needs uh, each one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously we're, we're two weeks out. Uh, people have, have players have started to come work out for certain teams um, or meeting with certain teams. We haven't really heard much about the Kings having individual workouts or, or anything of the sort. I mean, that's, it seems out of the norm, but it also might be because they're keeping things on, on the hush hush. They're they're I'm sure they're working out some prospects. We have heard about, some some people coming in and, and working out with the team. Some that have come out, some that haven't. But um, we, I think, a week ago, right now, the Jaden Ivy hype was. I mean, our real. episode was Ivy Hive, uh, Ivy Hive, Ivy Hive, and and it was real. I mean, every every mock draft you could find had the Kings taking Jaden Ivy, and not much has changed as far as that goes this week. Most mocks you'll look at out there will still have the Kings taking Jaden Ivy, but. Chris and I been hearing. We've some been talking. Things.
0: We've been we've been digging. We've been
1: um, some, some birds have yeah. been chirping.
0: Yeah, birds have been chirping. Um, you know, we're just we're trying to line our sources up, make sure everybody is is kind of hearing the same thing, and um, they it are does kind of seem like things are starting to trend that um, from from the conversations we've had um, separately, and you know, you, you've done digging, I've done digging, and. It does seem like there's there's a a some steam that has been let, let out of the uh, Jaden Ivy Jaden uh, Ivy train to Sacramento. It does seem like um, there is there is some doubts. waves that are being made. Yes, some doubts. Um, I it's it's enough kind of hard. Me... Full, full disclosure: we're like kind of not. I mean, we're we're not. There's nothing reportable. Um, there is no. It's all rumors. Yes, we're definitely not out here saying Jaden Ivey will not be the pick for the Sacramento Kings, but um, it just...
1: Yeah, people that know more than we do. People that know more than we do think that that's not going to happen, and it's not just one or two or three. It's lots of people that we've talked to that know more than we do and are more attached to to this than we are, and they are not uh, confident in the Kings taking Jaden Ivey, which is... Is it, it has me feeling mixed emotions because I kind of fell in love with the idea of bringing him in, and when you watch his highlight tapes and you, you, I you squint your eyes, you can see shades of John Morant, uh, Donovan Mitchell. I just feel like the Kings. I still feel I want him as my pick at fourth. That's where I am right now. But I I like that idea. I like the idea of, of it's a, that's a swing for the fences move to bring in a athletic guard like Jaden Ivey who could have star potential who could be that that. Again, like not a sidekick to Aaron Fox, like they can just kind of both be Batman. Hopefully, in this situation, instead of Batman and Robin, little superhero line for you. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm not really sure how to feel. Again, there's a lot of smoke screens right now. So, the, just because we heard from people that the Kings are not high on drafting Jaden Ivey at this point in time, that doesn't mean they're not going to draft Jaden Ivey because this is this happens all the time, and it, it's just the way that people feel. One week can change. But um, it's funny how much seven days can make a difference because now I kind of am fully behind the idea that they're going to do something else. So
0: definitely. Yeah. And that's, that's been the biggest adjustment for me in this past week has just been reshifting my mindset because it did seem like it was just pretty clear. And it, it, it does still seem to be a national consensus that Jaden Ivy is the fourth best prospect um, which also doesn't mean that he's going to be the fourth best player. I think it just means that he has the most clear and obvious uh, superstar potential. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really at all sold on the, uh, you know, John Morant comparisons. Like you said, if you squint your eyes, it's kind of John Morant. Um, he is not John Morant. I, no, no, is, no, no, That is a sell no. job that, that uh, Jaden Ivy and his people definitely want out there that, uh, you know, Hey, this guy, look, he, he's, He's a guard, he's a combo guard, um, and uh, he's incredibly athletic. And look, if you, like you said, if you squint your eyes, it does kind of look really like hard. Um, John yeah, Morant-esque really hard. at times. But let's not forget that, you know, even as a prospect, I mean, John Morant was absolutely insane that year at Murray State. I think he was at like 26 or 27 a game or something like that, nine assists. Um, he was a real playmaker in college, and I think Jaden Ivy is is under five assists. Um, he's shooting, you know, his shot is pretty similar to Jaw. I think Jaw had a similar boost uh, from first to second year, um, but even then, you know, Ivy's only at thirty five percent. And to me, I think I do understand the concerns about the fit with Ivy, just because um, it's not even really a matter of is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? It's more of how is he off the ball when he doesn't have the ball in his hands? I think we saw last season, Tyrese Halliburton clearly required the ball in his hands too often um, for it to work with him and De'Aaron Fox. And I think the plan moving forward is clearly to have the ball in De'Aaron Fox's hand and not take it out of his hand too much. Not saying that somebody else can't hold the ball and, and initiate offense just Um, it doesn't, they don't want it to be at the detriment of De'Aaron's play. And for Ivy, that's going to be, that would be the key to his success here in Sacramento. If he were to come would, would be how well is his off the ball play. And there were signs of it at, at Purdue. And I even watched a little bit of his, uh, I think it's U18, um, Team USA ball that he played uh, with Chet Holmgren, actually. And uh, I think he was the second leading scorer and he played a lot off the ball there, but um, I don't know. There's, there's definitely legitimate fit concerns with him and Fox. And so I do understand um, them maybe preferring to take a look at, at, you know, Shaden Sharp, Keegan Murray. Um, I think those are the two that, that are most likely to go at four if it's not going to be Ivy, but um, also, don't sleep on, I, I think there's a possibility of A.J. Griffin, if, if they really like him as a prospect at four,
1: um, I think they've he, met with, And they've met with A.J. Griffin. That's, how, that's been reported that they have, have already met with, with A.J. Really? Griffin. That's great. I did out. not
0: see that. I think that's um, that's a super interesting fit. That's something that A.J. Griffin's the one to me that I, I'm going to do uh, the most amount of research on probably in the next two weeks. I've seen a lot of Keegan Murray. Um, I've seen a decent amount of Shaden Sharp for what's out there. Um, and you know, both of them definitely, I have my, I have some pretty big concerns about, but also I understand, uh, why the Kings would want to go in those two directions. But I think AJ Griffin might be a nice, happy medium of the three. Um, but I don't know. How, how do you feel
1: if it's not, if it's not going to be Ivy, how are you feeling? To kind of like, I guess, wrap up my Ivy thoughts. Um, I feel like we're, what we're seeing now possibly is a, I mean, maybe the, maybe the Kings. And I don't know, maybe the Kings aren't high on him. Maybe their scouting team, maybe their coaching staff, maybe they're not high on him. I don't know. But I I think that maybe we could be seeing a case of what Monty McNair said before, though, is he will draft the best player available. Well, number one, maybe he doesn't believe that Ivy's the best player available. Or number two, maybe this is finally a situation where there's too many cooks in the kitchen. And by cooks, I mean guards in the the backcourt because you have De'Aaron Fox, you have Davion Mitchell, who they've said it, it's been reported they're very high on and will not trade him this offseason. We'll see if they stand by that. I, I think that they probably will not trade him. Um, Terrence Davis, they want to keep Dante DiVincenzo. Um, they have Justin Holiday on the roster already. That's five. So it's it wouldn't surprise me now that it doesn't surprise me that with, with the things we're hearing that they aren't high on him because there are more pressing needs to be addressed. And that does make sense to draft. A Keegan Murray and A.J. Griffin in that spot. I just have some reservations about the fact that, and I put this on Twitter, if the Kings aren't going to take Jaden Ivey, a player that is definitely on, on all top four of, of everyone's big boards, he's a top four talent in the draft. And I put on Twitter the Kings should look to trade back to five or six. And people were saying, well, if Keegan Murray's the guy at four, then the Kings should just take the guy they want. And I am I didn't really want to put it out in a tweet and have to explain to every single person said it, but you don't understand to those who say that people want to trade up and draft Jaden Ivy. There are going to be teams that are going to be lining up to trade up to four for Jaden Ivy. Now, the only concern is, is the guy that Kings want going to be available at these spots down low. And that means basically it kind of backs into a, does Detroit want to move up to four? Does Indiana want to move up to four? Because if, if so, Maybe let's make a deal. Does Portland want to move up to four? These are situations that can happen. I think I've seen out there a a hypothetical with Portland would be the Kings trade four to Portland seven and the Kings bring back Josh Hart, who has been a a long lead coveted. I think a King pro everyone, everyone has wanted Josh Hart and the Kings as long as I can remember. I mean, do you like Josh Hart? I can't really remember if you're in that. I like Josh Hart,
0: the player for sure. I don't like the fit here. I think he's another two. He's he's he's, kind of like a, Better Dante DiVincenzo at the moment.
1: He can play some three. I think. I mean, they probably use him. He'd rebounds. He's, he's one of the better rebounding. Three, but he's still small. He's he's undersized for sure. But he can board. So like, you're right though. So that, that's the thing though. My point is, if the Kings are not going to take take Jaden Ivey fourth, they should exhaust every option to move down a spot or two. I. It sounds like Keegan Murray is probably. I would imagine the guy that they're looking at right now the most. That's what. That just all around social media this week, we've seen the Keegan it's Keegan Murray week. Now everyone's moved to Keegan Murray. That's not what we've been hearing. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I know that the, I do know that the team likes Keegan Murray. I mean, how could they not after the season, getting in college basketball, but, um, you mentioned Josh Hart and undersized, I guess, kind of pivot to my take on Keegan Murray, who again is, is the bell of the ball on King social media this week. Um, I like Keegan Murray Keegan Murray when before the lottery, when the Kings were projected to pick seventh or eighth, I think everyone would have been elated to pick Keegan Murray at seven or eight. I mean, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you agree that that was the hypothetical scenario at seven, eight. It's like, Oh, it's Keegan Murray. Everyone was tweeting about him in March madness. That's where we were at. I mean, is that where you were at about pre-draft lottery? Were you on, on Keegan Murray? I still am not
0: the largest Keegan Murray guy. Um, especially not at four, but I do agree with you that, yeah, at seven or eight, that would have been an optimal kind of place where you could be like, wow, like that's a, that's a really good spot for him to go. And and I think he would probably, you know, bear out to be, he could, he could absolutely be a top five player from this draft. Um, but it's a lot better to get a top five player in the draft outside of the top five, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. For sure. And
1: like, that's, that's I feel. are you
0: know, if you're paying the right price for Keegan Murray, then that's, you know, if you're if you, uh, I don't know, I don't, I'm over explaining it now. But, you know, if you take Keegan Murray at four. It's like, OK, there's a lot of pressure, there's a certain level of expectation for him to be a certain player if he goes at four, whereas if he goes at seven and he still is yeah. OK or average or, you know, he's a replacement level starter. That's that's OK for the seven pick. You know, it's not it's obviously not ideal, but um, there's just a lot more room for for failure, especially with the Kings, who kind of can't afford to miss on this draft pick.
1: Yeah. And like that's perfect. Expectations are, are I mean, we saw what happened to Marvin Bagley from the minute he stepped on mm-hmm. the floor. I mean, Marvin Bagley, again, shouldn't have been a lottery pick. Granted, if Marvin's but... like
0: the 10th pick in the draft, he's probably still here.
1: Yeah, if if Marvin's the the 10th, 12th pick in the draft, I think Kings fans are happy with Mm -hmm. that. And the Kings made, Lottie made a boneheaded move, and we're going to live with it forever. But the point is expectations. And if you draft Keegan Murray 7th opposed to 4th, it's night and day because you you pick him with the 4th pick, he's going to be looked at as, I won't say savior, but that's kind of what this this pick has a lot of weight to it.
0: That's why this pick is so important, and I think that's, another big reason why I'm so high on Ivy and just them saying, forget the, forget the fit because it's so hard to get into the top four, into the top three. Um, You have, when you're in this situation, you can't afford to miss out. I mean, if you have the potential to take a star player, you have to find that star player and take them just because that's, you know, you, the Detroit Pistons were the worst team in the league this year, and they ended up with the 5th pick. There's just no guarantee anymore that you are going to perform poor. I mean, the it's the story of the Kings in the lottery is, you know, the Kings have been in this lottery for 16 years now and it hasn't worked out for them. They need to uh they need to figure out when they're at the top of the draft how to take a player that will keep them out of the
1: the lottery. Evaluation evaluation of talent has been mostly bad. Um, Again, we're going through every draft each week and I'm learning. I mean, I think today's gonna be a tough one too. Yeah. Today's gonna be a tough one too. We're going through 2011 today. So the Kings have been, have been very bad at evaluating college talent for almost two decades. It's kind of insane. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I do, I will say that I trust Monty McNair as far as I feel like he's been a decent evaluator of talent. I mean, he drafted Tyrese Halliburton who fell to them granted he drafted Davion Mitchell, who wasn't an all-rookie team um, selection, but he arguably should have been one. He got votes, and he, if he would have played the whole season as a starter, I think he would have been an all-rookie team. Um, I, I have faith in his evaluation of talent. Um, Keegan Murray seems to be the popular I think Mike, Mike Schmitz said that he thought Keegan Murray was a top-four talent, maybe the, the player with the most talent in this draft. Uh, he said that about a couple weeks ago when we, when we played that recording here. That's pretty high praise from a guy who knows more about the draft than arguably anybody. Um, So, yeah, I mean, when you look at Keegan Murray's body of work, he was a sophomore last season. He will be 22 in August. He'll be the oldest player, probably the oldest player in the first, the first round of the draft or the whole draft entirely. Um, 23 and a half points per game, 8.7 rebounds, 1.3 steals, 1.9 blocks. He's a very good defender at the college level, 55% from the field. He improved his three point shooting as a sophomore, almost forty percent, thirty nine point eight percent, up from twenty nine percent. So this is a guy that was dominant this year for Iowa. Dominant. um, I think Kings fans fell in love with him during the tournament. He's athletic. He, when you watch his highlights, I'm sure you noticed how much he he is not afraid to shoot the basketball. Which I, when you see someone that plays power forward, you you don't, especially at the college level, you don't always feel confident when they let it fly as much as he does but keegan murray last season i mean it wasn't it wasn't a small sample size he he took about what 166 three-pointers over 35 games so will that translate to, to the nba level i mean that's the question the kings really need a power forward only thing is you mentioned size my greatest concern with keegan murray is he might not be a power forward at the next level. He might have to learn how to play a new position because he's the same size or smaller than Harrison, Harrison Barnes. He's 6'8", 215. I believe Harrison Barnes is 6'8", 6'9", 225. So we're looking at a, a smaller version of Harrison Barnes, power forward. So that's my biggest concern. I feel like he will be a good player at the NBA level. Is he fourth pick worthy? who knows three years have to go by my knee-jerk reaction today is no, I don't think he's a fourth pick, but um, if the Kings take him, I'll, I can talk myself into it, but are you concerned at all about his size or do you have any concerns with his, his game? Cause I think you said before you weren't too high on Keegan Murray. So what are your concerns or what, what do you like and what do you don't like about him?
0: Yeah, I think uh, size is definitely something that needs to be brought up. Um, Harrison was drafted as a small forward. And as he's gotten stronger, as we've talked about continually throughout this season, um, he's he's, you know, Harrison Barnes is a 30 year old man. Uh is he 30 yet? Is Harrison even 30?
1: He, he just turned 30. Beautiful. So Harrison's been around or- forever.
0: Harrison Barnes has been in this league a long time. He's finally grown into his, you know, he's he's now a more veteran player than most people who are in this league, and so now he's finally able to use his body and and just be stronger than a lot of guys in the league. And we saw him take advantage of that this season um, more than ever. Uh, you're completely right in saying Keegan Murray is ten pounds lighter. Um, I, you said ten pounds correct or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um,
1: real quick, let so me sneak in. Yeah. Um. The one thing I don't want anyone to say is he's young and he'll grow out. He'll grow into his body. This He's going to be 22 yeah. in two months. So he's not some 18, 19 year old kid. This is a, yeah. this is not Chad like, Holmgren. <laughs> he's 22 years old. So yeah. this is probably, you know, he can gain some weight, get yeah. some muscle, but he definitely he's not, put on muscle for sure. He's, but, not a, uh, he's not a baby.
0: Yeah. He's, he's definitely uh, further in his, in his body development than, uh, than most. And like, you know, you see AJ Griffin who, Caught, you know, on the opposite side is the, one of the youngest players in this draft, and I'm not sure what his weight is, but AJ Griffin is a freaking unit. He is uh, 6'6", 222 My goodness, yes. he he's yes. yeah, he is a he's a big guy. So, yeah, I mean, when you see that, you know, maybe that's where I kind of, again, will lean towards an A.J. Griffin over over Keegan. But um, I think size is a legitimate concern. Uh, Fours in this league aren't quite, you know, it's not the days of Chris Webber, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan. Um, Those really aren't the fours that Keegan would be going against anymore. Um, he would be great for for switchability, and um, you know he, like you said, he averaged uh, two blocks a game, uh, north of two blocks a game last season in college. Got a, over a steal and a half per game. Um, that's very very promising, and and usually that's not something that will just disappear when you go to the pros. But um, he's he's not necessarily a rim protector. He is a good um, defe- you know, on ball defense, you know, in the exactly. post especially um was able to handle college fours and college bigs that probably won 't be the same case in in the pros um but I think you know he he for sure won 't be a negative defensively coming into the league and i think he 's a really not really on this smart team. defender not on this uh, team it's, yeah that 's true there 's way too many negative defenders uh on the kings too, for him be the to for the second best
1: out i think second best defender already
0: i think offensively to me is where I see the most concern for him um Not not even like he's going to be a bad player. I just think from everything I saw in college, he really the only part of his game that I would say is pro level um, elite is his catch and shoot ability. He really, really thrived off catch and shoot threes, Um, really didn't hit much off the dribble at all. Um, and when he did try and take step backs and stuff like that, his shot would often be short and he wouldn't get his legs under him. So that is pretty concerning for me in terms of his shot creation. I think um, as I've thought about what this team really needs and, and what kind of prospects they should uh, look towards, I think... A big, massive hole for this team is there is absolutely not a single person. Maybe De'Aaron Fox is the best at it currently. Maybe Davion Mitchell, which also speaks a lot. There is no isolation scoring on this team. Um, And in this league, isolation scoring is still very, very big. I know, know you see the Warriors and it's beautiful team basketball, moving the basketball. But at the end of the day, when the shot clock breaks down, the Kings have absolutely nobody who can just go get a bucket. And that to me is where I get very intrigued with the Shaden Sharp, someone like that. Um, Keegan Murray to me is a is a is a role player, but a very, very good role player. Um, and that's kind of what you're hoping for, is that he can come in run pick and pops, hit the, hit a catch and shoot three, but you're not really, if you draft Keegan Murray, you can't, I, I'm not going to expect him to be anything near a superstar or anything near, um, you know, the best player on a team. I just don't see his ball handling to me is another really big issue. Uh, he dribbles really high and just looks stiff when he dribbles. He doesn't really have uh, any sort of crossover moves or anything like that. Um, so again, just isolation scoring, ball handling to me, or, and finishing at the rim. He really didn't have much body control at the rim. Um, a lot of post ups, a lot of just being being bigger uh, than college guys. And I don't. To me, I just I'm not I'm not the biggest Keegan Murray guy, but I do. I'm not saying that I don't think he will be a bad player. I just think uh, he will be he will be limited as a player and will probably thrive if he is he is in a catch and shoot role. But what yeah. is the value of that? Again, I wouldn't want to take that with a number four pick.
1: Yeah, and that that's where I'm at too. I I think Keegan is gonna be a, a fine NBA player. I, I don't think he's gonna be um I don't think he'll I I see him as a as an impactful rotation piece for mm-hmm. sure. That's what I that's what I would evaluate him as a, a, an impactful rotation piece. Um I just don't know if he's number four pick worthy in a draft where the Kings have gotten lucky and they get a chance here at the top four talent. Um, we're going to see, I mean, Monty McNair, it, this isn't the 12th or ninth pick. They're right in the thick of this. And yeah. when he says the, I, I selected the best player that I, I believe was available. I, I really am interested to see who he thinks the best player is av- that is available at four, because uh, we haven't really gotten to peel back that curtain so far. I mean, obviously Tyrese Halliburton was by, was definitely the best player available at 12 at 12. Um, I don't. I don't know if if Davion Mitchell was the best player available at nine. I think I checked before. I don't believe he really was. There probably are some people um, beneath him that were better. But I I know that Davion Mitchell has held his own as a ninth pick in the draft and, and was a good player in, in year one. So if he believes Keegan Murray is the, is the fourth best player in the draft, then yeah, there's never gonna, there's not going to be a, a trade back scenario. They're going to take the guy they want outright, and everybody else can you know kick rocks but um they the kings need so many things to upgrade this roster and this fourth pick if they do talk to detroit they do talk to indiana and they could figure out a way to to make this work for everybody that'd be great to to bring back an asset or two a, a rotation piece or um a future pick because they need more than just this one pick we know that but uh we'll have to see what they do with the fourth pick but if Keegan Murray's the guy I'll talk myself into it. I'll talk myself into it. I'll get excited for summer league. He was a very good player in college. We, we have to give him credit for that, but you know, college is college and he's a little undersized to be a power forward in the NBA. And we're going to have to see what he does with Mm -hmm. the, with that, the physique. So
0: can um, I ask you something I've seen a lot recently and it just kind of doesn't make sense to me. I think um, the Kings trading four for five with the Pistons or even four with six with the Pacers. I feel like if they were to trade four and five with the Pistons, the talk, and this is completely, no one knows if this could actually happen if Detroit would even be interested, but the Kings would um, receive five and Jeremy Grant as well. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, you assume that Detroit is taking uh Ivy with the fourth pick. Isn't it a little redundant and you're, to to then draft Keegan Murray at five, wouldn't wouldn't that then create a logjam of? I mean, you're you're then not expecting him to start. Where I don't know where his minutes would come yeah. with Jeremy Grant. Harrison no, that's a good Bryan, point,
1: Keegan Murray. That's a good point. I mean, even if they draft AJ Griffin, you you bring in you kind of bring in that. I mean, Jeremy Grant's an expiring contract. He I believe he's on a similar deal um, that Harrison Barnes is is on. Jeremy Grant yep. has one year for. Have it's it right like here. Is Is it twenty-five? I know he gets uh, twenty, twenty, it's twenty, okay, so twenty the Harrison point, Barnes contract. Twenty point nine. So he's making more money than Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes making eighteen million. So 18 you, yeah. it, it doesn't make much sense unless you're swapping Harrison Barnes, or you're sending out Rashawn Holmes and another contract to to get it up to a to a near twenty million dollar value, which means you could trade. I don't know. You could trade Harrison Barnes. I mean, it's not Harrison Barnes. Do you could trade Harrison Barnes for Jeremy Grant and the pick straight up? I don't know if the Kings should do that. I that's I think Harry- that seems like
0: the Kings are giving up to move back.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's that's is two. That's literally two steps back, literally. Yeah. So I I'm I've had conversations with people before. Our new writer, um, Emil Fergoso. Shout out to to Emil. So. Good guy. But we we get in a little little arguments about who's better, Harrison Barnes or Jeremy Grant, and I I'm firmly on the side of Harrison Barnes is a better, maybe not better basketball player but a better fit for the kings than jeremy grant because jeremy grant is somebody who barnes is a better shooter than jeremy grant yep grant's a better defender um i believe barnes is more durable than jeremy grant um jeremy grant is also i believe the same age you're younger yeah jeremy grant played 47 games last year um year before that 54 so I don't know. I'm just. I'm kind of out on Jeremy Grant. I don't know why there's still this kind of obsession I mean, with, with getting him. Are you out on him too? I think I am.
0: I definitely am. He's, I'm, gonna fix, he's yeah, gonna not necessarily even the player. It's more just like you said. I mean, he's on an expiring contract, and if the Kings are going to give something up and then pay him, um, to me that just seems insane. I mean, Jeremy Grant's going to want probably something a little similar to what he's getting now, and if you're going to lock up him. You're gonna have Sabonis. You're gonna, I mean, and then what do you sign? How long do you sign him to? Does Does Jeremy Grant need a four year contract that then links him with Fox? And then you know if things don't work out with Sabonis, Sabonis is on a two year deal. So now do you believe in a Fox Grant combo? Um, It just kind of doesn't it doesn't fit too perfectly for me. Um, And Jeremy Grant to me is is just a little a little expensive for my taste.
1: Um, And not not as impactful. I would rather find someone else. And he's not not the guy that's going to solve our problems. I mean, even if there was a way to bring in Jeremy Grant and have him in a lineup with Theron Fox, Harrison Barnes, and and Sabonis, sure, I mean, that's a pretty good team. But Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any way that can happen um, unless Detroit wants Rashawn Holmes, which I don't think they will. I feel like they have enough centers already. Yeah. And a filler. Like uh, Justin Holiday, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So, um, I'm firmly out on Jeremy Grant. I, I wrote about it yesterday. Uh, someone asked me in a, I did a mail bag, and they asked, "Do you think is it more likely for Harrison Barnes to get traded or extended?" I still think it's more likely for Harrison Barnes to get traded because he is their most attractive trade asset, and he's he. I would, I would like, I would like to see the Kings extend him. I know you don't want the Kings to do that, but. If,
0: I would at the right price, I mean, if he's making like 12 million a year, I have no problem
1: with that, but you know, when, I, put, when, I think I wrote, um, three 340,
0: maybe 15. Yeah. 15 would be the most that I would want to give him. Sign me up for that.
1: Three 15, yeah. maybe 15 and a half. We'll change there. Um, you, you have to be sure if you're moving on from Harrison Barnes, that the player you're bringing in is, is as good or better, which I know mm-hmm. that's asking. There's Nat flying around me. Oh, he has these damn plants in here. Um, <laughs> If you're bringing in somebody that is going to be replacing Harrison Barnes, they have to be as good or better, and that's a lot to ask for. And ambitious, sure, yeah. but when you look at the Kings' horrendous track record of their small forward position since you and I were children, uh, it's 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 a nightmare. You have Page Stajakovic. that went on our test slash Meta World Peace, slash Panda friend, <laughs> then that went to I believe John Salmons. And then from there, on, then on, like Rudy Gay came came and went, Justin Jackson. And now we're here with Harrison Barnes, who has been, in my opinion, the, the King's best small forward since Pajan, which is kind of crazy to say, but I mean, he's probably better than Rudy, plays both sides of the ball. So yeah. look, man, you got to get it right. I've, I've long
0: compared Harrison Barnes to me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan as, as I've stated several times. I love this. I love this. too. is the Kirk cousins of the NBA where it's just like, you can do so much better. You can definitely do so much worse, but what you're paying for is to not worry about it. You know, Harrison at the end of the day is, is a perfectly fine, small forward. And he, he's a great placeholder. And like, he is a perfect trans you know he's the type of guy that you should have in there as you're looking for the real solution and maybe it does work out with him i think he is good enough and that's the beauty of him he does do enough and he is good enough to win with him for sure um he is not holding the team back but at the same time he's definitely not elevating the team as much as we see other people at his position do you know there's clearly another level to this stuff you know he he, there's there's the jalen browns the jason tatums the all you know x y and z people and then there's harrison barnes who's definitely not in the you know he's not even replacement level because to say that would be like you you know it's it would be easy any anybody could come in and kind of play the harrison barnes role harrison does do things that it takes a certain amount of skill talent Mm-hmm. Um and strength to do for sure. But uh, he's just, again, not really someone that's going to change the calculus of your team unless no. he's, he's you know, he's a luxury piece almost where it's like, I, oh, like Harrison Barnes as a fourth or fifth option is probably a lot better than, you know, who's the Warriors fifth option right now or the Celtics fifth option. Probably right like so what I'm trying to say is the Kings are better than the Warriors through. and Celtics. <laughs>
1: No, I know yeah. what you mean, and I, I agree. I mean, Harrison Barnes is not – he never – I mean, he, he went to Dallas, got his big contract, and I think he was mm-hmm. supposed to be kind of the guy there, and we, yes. we all know that that didn't work out. He's not the guy. He is a guy, and he's best suited when he's, like you said, the fourth, fifth option, whereas in Sacramento, he's kind of a second and third option right now, yep. and that's kind of an issue. And Harrison Barnes is – I think he's a very good basketball player, and he yep. knows his role – he, I mean, averaging sixteen five and shooting forty eight percent and forty from three, from the, the line. That's not easy to do at the in the NBA. It's just not. And when you couple that with the fact that he's such a good, a great person on and off the, the floor, the, the things he does in the community, um, for the city of Sacramento and wherever he's played, it's it's priceless. Really, I mean, as far as the the value, because there's that saying, everyone knows the saying. You don't know what you have until it's gone. I think it's yep. you don't know what you got until exactly. it's gone. Uh, if Harrison Barnes wasn't, if if he again, God forbid, well, this, is, this is past tense. If Harrison he would have Barnes decides to run injury, for senate
0: instead of play basketball, yes,
1: yes, which I think we've talked about before in this podcast, yes. he for sure is going to run for for some form of yeah. of public Puts office. His basketball someday.
0: career to the side and is like, you know what? Let's let's go for this.
1: It might as be president. Just takes a if year he, off. If he was not available for the Kings last season, and they had to roll out, we talked about Mo Harkless in our last podcast. Mo Harkless, a small forward, or mm-hmm. or somebody else, uh, the Kings would have lost even more games. He he, I believe he finished with the most win shares on the team last season. Let me see. He, that makes sense. He,
0: he probably played the most games of everybody at the end of the day. Who HB?
1: Yeah. Of any uh, significant role player. Yeah, I mean, he, you know. he led the team in wind shares last year. He was the most valuable player on the Kings last year. So, I mean, that's not saying much for a team that was trash, but <laughs> um, I, I'm all for bringing Harrison back. If, if they move him, I understand because he, it is, he is the most attractive trade asset, so I think we need to prepare ourselves for that. Um, any of those big swing for the fences moves are going to have to involve him because mm-hmm. it his contract. There's no way to get around it without it unless there's a smaller deal with Rashawn Holmes and – Justin holiday who could combine and make 20 million and a future first, which the Kings have all their future first round picks. It's uh, it's probably going to include HB, but um, we'll know come draft night. We're going to get a lot of answers. We're going to know what positions, if the Kings draft a power forward, they get Keegan Murray. We're going to know they're going to address the guard situation in the off season. Mm-hmm. They draft a guard like Jade Ivey, They're going to have to make a trade for a four because Trey Lyles is still with the team starting power forward. Jeez. who, by the way, his contract isn't even guaranteed yet. The Kings have, I believe, about a week after the draft. They have um, a couple of dates coming up. I have it right here on my phone. Just some general housekeeping before we wrap it up and get to the draft, yeah. 2011 draft. Um, Obviously, dates of interest coming up. The draft is two weeks from today, Mark calendars. The Kings have until June 28th to exercise a $2.6 million team option on Trey Lyles. I think we both can agree that should be picked up. There's no reason why it shouldn't. That would be pretty horrendous. Trezzi Metu has a 1.9 million dollar contract that needs to be guaranteed by June 29th. One day later, um, I'm not sure if they're going to do that. I mean, Tremezi has been with the team. Have you seen the team has been out having mm-hmm. um, group activities? I think about wine tasting. Yes, went to some vineyards. Yes, I did see
0: that. They are in Napa, which I believe Sabonis has been training in Napa all summer, or. Yeah. For the past couple of weeks, I should say, like,
1: uh, I think Rich was there too. I think someone said that Rashawn was there as well. Oh. which is I saw Doug was there for sure. So Doug was there. It seems like um, some team oriented stuff. I I note that about Rashawn because I think we've all said he's the most likely player to get traded this off season. Like I think people have already kind of written off the fact that he or just, it's becoming clear he's going to be traded. Uh, Rashawn Holmes has a fifteen percent trade kicker in his contract, which. Ooh equates to about 3.5 million if he gets traded that's something that the kings are gonna have to take into account so mm-hmm. i don't know if that's going to deter the kings from trading him i think he needs a fresh start somewhere else in a place where he can start he he probably will not be able to play backup center i feel like that was not a role that was he was comfortable and yeah Just he didn't, didn't seem he right. didn't
0: really thrive very
1: very well in that but uh, that's it. That's all we got for general housekeeping. Anything else on this on the 2022 stuff? Or do you want to turn back the clock to 2011?
0: I think that's fine. I mean, we we still have a couple
1: more weeks to uh to get takes off for. for yeah, we we haven't we haven't fully discussed Shaden Sharp. I'll have to do a little digging on that. And, and maybe next week we can talk about Shaden Sharp. I think people out there are, are high on him, too, and i I shouldn't do a better job of going. I've kind of turned my nose up at it and, and not really wanted to pay attention because I'm, it scares me. The fact that the guy didn't play college and the, the reports he refused to play for coach Cal and didn't want to play for Kentucky little red flagish for me, but I've it's heard he is, it's
0: really tough to evaluate him. I would heavily suggest um, if for anybody out there, who's trying to get caught up on shade and sharp, because yeah. there isn't a lot of uh, footage out there. there. are It's it's all AAU and uh, and some some high school basketball. He also has some film uh, playing for Team Canada in the U18s, I believe, Um, and that's like the most structured basketball scene you'll see him in. Uh, It's tough. I would definitely recommend watching uh, two pieces from The Ringer, who which I love. Great website. they have uh Kyle J man who used to do the dime drop videos, which are also fantastic. If you haven't seen those, go watch those. Uh, he made a prospect video. It's uh, kind of breaking down the whole Jaden Ivy experience and what you, uh, what kind of player he is and all that. And also he did a, uh, an accompany, a company, eh, a company Come podcast.
1: Ahead. Holy she's um, good. Save you. Don't, don't about, you dare curse you. on this podcast, dude. I'm sorry. Sorry. Don't even dare Hold curse on this podcast. Um,
0: so yeah, th- those would be the two pieces of content I would suggest if you want to get caught up on Shade and Sharp because it is. I have not. I feel like um, the last time I remember feeling so confused about what to expect from someone was like watching Harry Giles stuff because obviously at <laughs> Duke he he did not play pretty much at all, um, and when he did, it was a lot of like post work and stuff like that. Um, so then, to like go back to his high school tape and really rely on looking at his high school film to try and project the player it's so difficult, like high school and especially i mean Shaden, a lot of his like I said, is like e y b l which is just not structured basketball at all it's it's a u and it's just there's no it does not feel like competitive basketball and like it's it's a competitive basketball scene. That's, so
1: it's how I felt watching Lamella Ball for too, sure, like sure. watching LaMelo, LaMelo ball yeah. stuff. Yeah. Somewhat feeling.
0: Stuff to get a gauge, especially talent level and what he does. I don't know. Well it's, LaMelo it's ball turned out Lamella Ball turned out okay, so I guess that's turned out alright. Turned out pretty decent. Um, yeah. But besides that, I'm I'm definitely real, ready for this, real quick. For this draft.
1: How come people don't talk about the fact, and maybe they do in, in their fan circles, but how come people don't talk about the fact that the Warriors royally screwed up the 2020 draft by taking Wiseman? Frank, I'm ready you, to have this conversation anytime. Like, what? why is it not discussed, though? Like, the Kings get... And, and LaMelo Ball is not Luka Doncic. I'm not saying that. But how come the Kings get... And the Warriors won championships. I get it, but you, st- you still should be held accountable Yes, for screwing up a draft like, like that. I mean, Wiseman... The number hey, one pick. Egg on my face. Number two pick, I'm sorry. Egg on my face. If he comes out and he, he is an all-star in a year or two. That's fine. But I'm looking at the 2020 draft right now. And the, the, the Warriors, I know they, they say, look, oh, yeah, we kept our picks. and We waited out the process and we earned our way back. You pat, you pass up on the ball. You pass mm-hmm. up on Patrick Williams. Who's who's honest. I like Patrick Williams. I do too. You pass up on Tyrese Halliburton, which I think I've read somewhere. That the Warriors liked him. Um, Mm-hmm. Not at two, but they were thinking about trying to, to trade down or, or select him, but obviously they didn't do that. Cole Anthony, Aaron Neese, Sadiq Bay. I mean, there's Tyrese Maxey went 20, so that's on a lot of people's Poku. But... Poku. Yes. By the way, not to get off track again. I watched um I watched uh Hustle last night and Tyrese Maxi got a lot of screen time in it. Um Really? Yeah. But anyways, we'll talk about that I'm later. Watch that. Point is. I feel like that should get a little that should get some flack. The Warriors deserve some flack for that the James Wiseman thing. I'm tired of people coming at the Kings all the time, especially Warrior fans that are, I'm friends with. It's like, "What are you talking about, man? You guys mess up the draft too, you know." Yep. yep. At least once. It's not easy. It's
0: really not easy. Uh and you know, it's that and that should be a cautionary tale for the Kings as well for drafting being concerned about fit. Uh you know, the Warriors were concerned about fit, right? I mean, you understand the logic, obviously. They have Klay Thompson. They have Steph Curry. They feel like their backcourt was pretty well secured, um, and they felt like they were a center away from, uh, from you know really unlocking something else that we haven't seen before. And so I think that really deterred them from taking Lamelo because they didn't want to disrupt uh, Steph and Clay backcourt. But now you see that they could have had a backcourt of Stephen Curry, Lamelo Ball. Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole, which would have been absolutely nuclear. Problem. Uh, problem. And you know, you could have, it would have been a whole thing of like, there's the old Splash Brothers and the young Splash, but like, uh you know, LaMelo and Poole are the new future of Splashitude. Splashitude. I will say I do like the Death Pool name for that
1: lineup, though. That I, is a I, great name.
0: I think they they were workshopping a lot of things to try and figure out what they were going to call the uh, Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond pool lineup. And they settled on death pool. Death pool is,
1: is they should make shirts. They probably did. Real quick, uh, James Wiseman, can you guess how many games he's played in his career? 20. 40. Close. A little less. 32. 39, Damn. which is the least amount of games out of any first-round pick that year. Yeah, uh, sure. Some players that have played close to the same amount. Jamias Ramsey has played 32 games in his NBA career. That's pretty close, and he went 43rd in that draft. Um, Vernon Carey Jr. played has played 26 games. I believe he's played almost the same amount of minutes. Yeah, it, it's just, my goodness, man. If people give, I don't know. Anyways, I don't need to sit here and complain and be a sore loser. The Kings have messed up more drafts than we can even count, but uh, I believe they, they the Warriors deserve a little bit of. I'm kind of just dunking on the Warriors now, while they're kicking the mother down right now. I'm down, I'm bro. Sure. Let's
0: do it. You love it. Let's do it. You know how hyped I was yesterday. Celts in six might be Celts in five at this rate. Um, they look good. Warriors are looking shaky, man. Warriors are looking shaky. The Draymond Green
1: stuff is is just. I was laughing at it in game two. Now it's just ridiculous. What are we doing? Why? How it's come ridiculous. he's being? It's like he's being encouraged to to act this way and do the, the, his antics. Like the referees are okay with it. Just he said he was on. soft
0: yesterday. <laughs> he said that was his biggest complaint about himself, his own play. Did you see the play
1: off. of him clotheslining? Jason Tatum on the box out on the free on throw On the box
0: out for the the free yeah. throw
1: rebound he's like swimming and borderline him and he had grabbing it what are you I don't know it's just I'm so tired of the Draymond stuff now I bought I, I thought it was funny in game 1 whenever it's not funny anymore even the last night he or was it game 2 he fell and I he sticks his feet up to tried to trip people yeah. It's so the subtle things that that aren't so subtle though. It's, it's, it's out there in the open. I don't know.
0: Feeling very anti-warriors today. How do you feel? How old do you think Draymond is?
1: He's, I think I looked it up. He's 31, 32, yeah, he's 32. He's 32 in like 97 days. Yeah, so he'll probably, he'll he, probably he play just, till just least 40. 40. He'll probably play till he's 40.
0: At this rate though, he looks so beaten down. He, looked, like, he definitely he has some gray going. He played 44 games this regular season. Um, hasn't played over 60 so he hasn't played 70 games since 2017 yeah, which about was four years yeah um and you know he ever since then he hasn't averaged 10 points a game since 2017 as well um he's just kind of settled into this like his shooting is triple very single bad. kind of guy where he's yeah i mean literally his averages are seven seven and seven in a shooting twenty-seven, he
1: shot over the last. I'm sorry, let me pull this up over He's the last. Completely oh lost
0: three-point shot. Not that he was Since, ever really. He was. No. He was. The perception of his shooting was always was always
1: better than his actual shooting. Chris, we're talking six years. He has shot twenty-nine percent from three, yes. and he takes three attempts per game. Yeah, that's ridiculous.
0: Oh, as we're talking about Draymond, here's a uh, Twitter just popped this up on my feed. Draymond threw three games in this NBA Finals. 15 points, 15 fouls. So that's how things are going for Draymond green at the moment. Um, every time I watch Draymond green, I am completely reminded that that is exactly how I play basketball. Like (laughs) if you look at Draymond green today, that is how I, that is my game. I am a two point four rebound four assist
1: kind of guy. And, uh, I'll I'll play some defense and get some strips, but he, um, he has two more years on his contract. He has a 25 million next season, 27 player option in the year after that, 2023, 2024. Does he, is he a warrior after 2024?
0: (sighs) That's tough. That's a long time from now. And if I had to imagine, just rubbing my crystal ball. I'm going to say Draymond leaves the
1: Warriors and plays for his hometown, Detroit Pistons. I I think like for one year, he's going to be 35 at that point. So he'll yeah. be 34, 35. He'll be, I mean, he'll be close. Not many people play past 35, 36 in the NBA anymore. He's, he's 32. So, um, anywho, should we do the draft?
0: Let's do it. Cause this is actually a fun one. This is probably, this is the best draft that we have done so far. So you get the first pick. I do. I have the first pick, and the first pick is the easiest one um, Wait, in
1: this one do, do, for me. Okay, but 2011 NBA draft, redraft, and do, Chris Watkins is on the clock.
0: Uh, so with the first pick in this draft, 2011 redraft, um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, this is the beginning of the Cleveland Cavaliers run of getting the first pick in the draft. Um, with this pick, they took Kyrie Irving, who, you know, looking back at it, that's that's a very, very solid pick. Obviously, Kyrie won a championship with Cleveland, um, has floated in and out of being a top 20 player in this league, um, obviously had one of the most um, infamous, I was going to call it iconic, but um, I'll call it infamous seasons of all time, probably in NBA history this past season. Um, That will definitely take into effect, I think, where he gets taken in this redraft. But um, anyways, with the first pick, the Cleveland Cavaliers are selecting Kawhi Leonard out of San Diego State University. Uh, Kawhi, (laughs) Kawhi, (laughs) um, Kawhi was obviously the 15th pick by the Indiana Pacers, who swiftly, as swiftly as you possibly can, traded him for George Hill, which is one of the most insane things that has ever happened uh, in retrospect, probably in NBA draft history, like one of the worst trades um, ever. Because as we know here in Sacramento, George Hill is a perfectly fine point guard, but probably the definition of like an average level replacement level starting point guard. Um, And Kawhi Leonard is at this point a Two time, two time NBA champion, two time finals MVP.
1: Three. Oh, two three. Or three? I think it's no, two. No, no, two. two, two. two, two. I'm thinking about two time uh, NBA
0: about, champion. i thinking about LeBron. Like uh, how won,
1: I think three MVPs with three different teams, but he won two with yes. two different teams. Kawhi.
0: Five time All Star, seven time All Defense, two time Defensive Player of the Year, five time All NBA. Uh, he was a member of the NBA 75th Anniversary Team as one of the 75 best players of all time. Um, Obviously, is kind of like the the definition of an elite two way player at this point. Um, draws comps to Scottie Pippen and all this, and and it's all deserved. And obviously, Kawhi has had an injury riddled past couple seasons, but um, when he does play, he is routinely a top five player in the league, and uh, probably would be for me personally a top five pick if you were to just redraft the entire maybe not redraft the entire yeah. NBA because you have to take into account youth and all that but um, he's only thirty. I would why on my team as many times as possible
1: he's only 30 years old so he he I mean we'll see how he comes back from his injury but he'll be 31 this month on June 29th but I I've, for some reason thought he was 32 33 but he's hey man he's got some he might still have something to the tank there I like yeah. the pick I mean I agree with everything you said um I'm looking this is tough. Okay. Number
0: two pick here, Minnesota.
1: The Minnesota Timberwolves. Derek King's legend Derek Williams mm-hmm. went second mm-hmm. and Hey man, Derek Williams was a problem in the I was NCAA low on tournament pick though. The
0: jump. I was not a fan of Derek Williams game at all. Even though he dominated that Duke game? No. I i was I'm, I'm low key like a Duke fan. I think you are as well, no? I, I quietly support Duke. Yeah, that's how I would state it. Quietly. Well. Um, so and Kyrie that, only played wonder. like 10 games that season. And so like I was yeah. praying that in the tournament, we could actually watch Kyrie play. And I think that was the second round. Mm-hmm. It was either the second or I'm pretty sure it was the second round.
1: I think it was the elite eight. Really? Oh, okay. He beat Duke. Like I'm, pretty sure, bad, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Don't hold me to this uh, 11 years ago. Well, wow, 11 point years. Is ago, Derek the Williams absolutely torched them. But so um,
0: I always just thought he was in what ended up turning out. I just thought he had hops. And that was about well, it. Well, I'm taking Derek Williams. I I
1: believe in his <laughs> no. Um I'm going with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Who Jimmy Butler, I mean, went th- he went thirtieth in this 30th. draft. Which 30th. is insane. Thirtieth. The first the first two picks in this draft, Kawhi Leonard went fifteenth. Jimmy went in the middle. 30th. Jimmy went at the end. Yeah, that's insane. uh Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's kind of I want to say he's been a late bloomer. Well, the first two years of his career, he was kind of an afterthought. I mean, he he played; he didn't play at all his first year. Second year, he came off the bench. That's kind of when I remember him the first time my my first year of high school. Um, I just remember thinking there were some similarities to Michael Jordan. I think they're they're around the same size, and uh, their numbers are similar. I just, I just thought that the, that their play styles were were kind of similar. I mean, he's not a great three point shooter, and Michael Jordan wasn't the best three point shooter. And I remember thinking, wow, maybe this is like their next big thing. And not to say I I thought Jimmy Butler was going to be good in 2013 before anyone else did before it was cool, but I always kind of liked him and he he took off man he's he's been obviously Jimmy buckets for for about a decade now and um 33 years old in September he's he's kind of getting near not the end of his career but not slowing down I mean this year in Miami 21 points per game six boards five assists he's kind of turned into more of a distributor uh since since about the 2016 17 season. Um, he's he's number two player in the draft. I mean, no matter how you slice it, I'm looking at uh good old VORP value over replacement player. Um, that puts him second in this draft. Um, wind shares it puts him uh, first in this draft. Ninety three point six. So he's definitely up there. And it's honestly so crazy to look at this draft, and it, it makes me scared that we're doing this, looking at all these players that are stars. I looked at just a few minutes ago, looking at and seeing how. Tyrese Maxey went I think 21st it's just I would have killed to have Tyrese Maxey that year but but I digress uh number two pick Jimmy Bowler love
0: that pick yeah I mean Jimmy like you said I mean he was he was like a uh he was a bench player for those um really amazing Chicago Bulls teams with Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah and uh Luol Deng and when when they were making the Eastern Conference Finals um i mean jimmy was the 30th pick the, the bulls had the best record in the league that year and then uh and then took jimmy butler um to add to that so J- jimmy's career has been incredibly interesting and he has grinded for every single thing he has gotten and uh i mean yeah like you said this this year in the playoffs he proved um why he deserves to be uh one of the top players in the league and and i think this year really did cement why in this redraft, Jimmy deserves to go number two over my number three pick, which at this point is, you know what? I'm switching this up. I have this written down one oh, way. And oh. I'm going to go a different way here. Oh, Number three pick, the uh, Utah Jazz initially took Ennis Freedom, also formerly known as Ennis Cantor. Which, looking back, is absolutely insane. I mean, Ennis uh, didn't play a single game in college, much like Shaden Sharp, also a Kentucky guy, uh, Ennis Cantor was supposed to be. And uh, so Cantor was kind of just this unknown entity that people were like, he's a seven-footer who can score, he can rebound, he's got all these skills. And we've seen that throughout his career for sure. But, um, you know, I don't think Ennis is going to be making... Yeah, he probably won't make this draft, this redraft. Um, with the third pick, I am going to go with Clay Thompson.
1: Oh yes. wow, that yes. is a yeah. This hey, is a slight like slap in the face, but also you're I you're completely slapping somebody in the face. Yeah. Well,
0: this is this is the. Second story draft because I'm still hearing debate and roar over my Gordon Hayward over to Cousins pick from last week, which I would love to know the uh, populations, the populace's opinion on that, because we, we you and I have talked a lot about it. We've talked about it tons in office. Um and I think Jay Z Ross. the also only person that fought. I've heard that
1: is also with fought with Emil. You and Emil have gotten. I did. I yeah. did. Me
0: and Emil did did have a little word joust. Uh, also, Jay Johnson. Shout out Jay Johnson. Uh, I told him about it, and he was like, "Thinks I'm smoking reefer for um <laughs> for taking Gordon Hayward over to Marcus. And I will I don't like it. Yeah. Before I, like I get it. into Clay, I will say I have thought about it, and I kind of have convinced myself that I was wrong only because at what point would it have been acceptable for the Kings to, or anybody to trade DeMarcus straight up for Gordon Hayward? Like if you were the one giving away DeMarcus cousins for Gordon Hayward, you were not winning the trade. The team that traded Gordon Hayward for DeMarcus would for sure be like, at wow. that point in time, at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In 2017. Yeah. 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 Throughout any of the. Yeah. So so that is where I will acknowledge my my argument is probably wrong for that fact. However, on you, okay. much well, like you much it. like how I'm going to feel about this one, I still feel like it's the right choice. Um, character matters, man. And Kyrie Irving has not shown the ability to want to play basketball really at all. I don't wow. I, You're going to have the Kyrie Irving talk. So I'm going to stick that.
1: I'm going to leave that to you. Kyrie uh, Irving is, is falling in this draft because of Kyrie.
0: Kyrie Irving is falling in this draft, but sometimes you see talent fall and, uh, you know, Kyrie also, you know, statistically he had the, the best season of his career this year for sure, but he also only played 29 games. Kyrie has never played over 72 games. He's never played a full NBA season. Um, and clay thompson is the greatest shooter of all time and i think or i'm sorry is one of the best shooters of all time if not two then maybe three or four yeah he's he's Um, probably
1: top three top two yeah yeah
0: um and you know he he's an absolute plug and play kind of guy we saw him drop i don't know i can't remember how many points it was he dropped like 40 points on three dribbles mm-hmm. or whatever the hell it was. Who could forget the 37.4th quarter? Who can thir- forget third the, quarter. the 30 points in a quarter? 30 third point, yeah. Um, You know, just, and this is all playing next to the greatest shooter of all time, being the second option on his team, the third option when Kevin Durant's there. Uh, And Clay's play really never went down. Clay also was the team's best defender, which I think is something that, you know, wasn't really talked about until the NBA finals when Clay would be guarding Kyrie Irving and usually doing a pretty good job of keeping him in front of him. Um, I just, and you know, Clay is the ultimate guy. Like no one has ever in the history of ever not liked Clay Thompson. I hate the Warriors. And I am more than willing to accept Clay Thompson um, just as a fan. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to take Clay Thompson here, and I'm not going to think twice about it.
1: No, I respect that. I respect that. And you're right. I mean, the fourth pick in this draft is going to be Kyrie Irving, who, first of all, hold on a second. (laughs) Do
0: you see what the fourth pick in this draft was originally? Uh, the fourth pick in this draft was Tristan Thompson out of Jesus, Texas. come on. What I mean this is yeah the fourth pick might be cursed, Chris. The fourth pick might well, be cursed. <laughs> I'm not gonna say it's not, but um I mean, yeah, you know, Tristan Tristan had a decent college career for sure, and uh was I don't really understand what what they were hoping Tristan would turn into. Um but You know, Tristan. Tristan is better than a Jan Vesley or a Bismack Biombo or anyone like that. You know, uh, there's there were some other options at the top of the draft that they could have gone with that would have been worse.
1: Jesus. Okay. Fourth pick was Tristan Thompson. The fourth (laughs) pick in this draft was the guy you were kind of slapping the face. Uh, Tt. Tt. Kyrie Irving is the fourth pick in this draft. He is going to. It's, he's still going to Cleveland in this redraft. The fourth pick's going to Cleveland. So, um,
0: Yeah. <gasps> this is for you. We've got to talk I mean, about it, it. Great draft for Cleveland
1: to get Kawhi and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Can you imagine? Shoot. So, look, Kyrie, seven-time All-Star champion. He had the great shot over Steph Curry. Definitely, it's going to be in the NBA highlight reels forever. We know what comes with it. Um uh, Great player. Very good player, probably a top five point guard in the league. Uh just maybe more, maybe top three if he's actually playing. But what comes with it is just, you know, it's just too much. It's just too much. It's just all of it is just, I think, too much. Like I'm all for people speaking their minds and and yeah, and you know, I'm all I'm all of the minds athletes should be able to share their their Thoughts and views on things and be passionate. You're I think, say The earth is flat. That's just, yeah, sure. that's what I'm saying. What's the things that are completely asinine or that put <laughs> other people in harm's way or, or stuff like that. It's just, you know, Kyrie just kind of brings chaos with him wherever he goes. And we saw him, the end, his ending in Cleveland was, was not great. Boston was a train wreck. Uh, and now Brooklyn maybe is the worst of all. Mm-hmm. And especially when you see who's come and gone at this time, the James Harden thing. Um, it's just, it's a very, I want no part of it. um, if I'm like you, like if, like, who'd you pick third for? Utah. Obviously, Utah, Utah. want to no know part of it. So. Utah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, actually, he, <laughs> he he might be fine on Utah. Who knows? Who, does? Who um, knows? Anywho, gotta be careful. Bonneville Station. Yep. Um, Kyrie Irving. Uh, <laughs> Four, yeah. Ooh, fourth boy. pick. Fourth pick. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah, like getting right. dunk, keep dunking on Kyrie, but I, <laughs> I don't want him. Don't want him on a. Don't want him on my team if I'm if I'm picking with my.
0: Career. Kyrie Irving is the fourth pick in the draft. Period. How about that?
1: Yeah, we have leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, fifth, we he will might go fa- with. He, he, he might have fallen further, honestly. If I can, you know, if I wasn't going based off of talent, I might have yes. passed him up to be petty like you, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Big props to me. Uh,
0: with the fifth pick, initially, Toronto Raptors selected Jonas Valanciunas, who was a very solid piece for them. Uh, for a couple years, and uh, they eventually shipped off. I can't remember what they traded him for, but, um, you know, very solid player and nothing wrong with Jonas. I actually am probably a bigger fan of Jonas than most people are, but, um, yeah, he's just so solid. Like, he, to me, is like what we could have hoped Marvin Bagley turns into, just like a walking 13 and 13.
1: Dude, he went off last year. 18 points. 18 points per game, 11.4 rebounds, 54% from the field and 36% from three. He went How about off his assist last year?
0: numbers last year. What were his assist numbers? At? I had him Two, on my fantasy team. So 2. that's
1: 2.6, which 2. is 2. good. <laughs> that's good for, a big that's man really good that for game. a center. Yeah. Yeah. That's great for a center.
0: Um, So I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep Toronto keeping a big man. It's just not going to be Jonas. It's going to be honestly like a rich man's Jonas Valanciunas. And I'm going to go Nikola Vucevic. Perfect. Who good wasted so many years in Orlando? Um, you know, there. Were, I remember there was years of. uh I remember Vucevic. Was it Vucevic? Four cousins, or was Vucevic and cousins going to be on the same? The Kings were talking a uh-huh. long time about getting Nikola
1: Vucevic. Yeah, I. I think I, I think you're right. Um yeah. yeah, that would have been nice. <laughs>
0: would have been that. interesting for sure. I mean, Vucevic is a guy who can stretch the floor. He uh, is obviously great in the paint. He's been very consistent his entire career. Um, you see him now in Chicago, finally on a winning team. Still was able to put up 17 and 11 this year, which is great. 3.2 assists. Uh, got a block and a steal a game. Uh, Vucevic is also a two-time All-Star, which is, you know, that's great for him uh, because he... Uh, like I said was on Orlando for the first nine seasons of his career um, and has really just been he? the same guy his whole time
1: how old was Voo, uh, Vooch is he
0: 30? he was drafted by Philadelphia which I did not he's know 31. 31. he's 31 yeah all, all these guys it, are going to be around the same age
1: yeah, he uh, played for Philly for mm-hmm. for a cup of coffee for 51 games I can games confidently
0: say training. I don't remember him ever being on the Sixers I don't remember it at all like nothing. Let me see. He, drafted by the Sixers, sixteenth pick. Four-team trade: Maurice Harkless and a first-round pick, Landry Shamit. Later to Orlando for Aaron Aflalo, Al Harrington. This is like the biggest trade ever. Someone go to basketball yeah. or just look up. That Jason trade, Richardson
1: went to Philly in that deal. Massive. That was Andrew Bynum involved Denver. in this deal. Andrew Bynum's
0: in this deal. Dwight Howard's in this deal like this is like the biggest trade I've ever seen in my life. There's like
1: 20 names in here. Yeah. Wow. That was my graduate high school. So that's
0: obviously not in my brain. That's insane. Well, my pick is Nukolo Vucevic. I really don't have much to say about
1: him, except for no, he, is, he is a very solid player. We're getting to that point where they're not, you know, we're getting to solid, the solid player point of the yep. draft. Um, yep. The sixth pick Mm, this is
0: going to be big because this is going to determine what, what happens at seven with Sacramento.
1: Oh, my God. The sixth pick was Jan, Jan Vesely, Oof. who played for the Washington Wizards, was not great and was out of the league in a couple of years.
0: Sixth I'm pick for Washington. He like... Kissed his girlfriend when he got drafted, and she was very attractive, and that became oh, that's right, a big
1: thing. If I, I wonder recall if they're correctly, still together. Think they're still together? Doubtful. Tough for Vesley. Tough. That's a tough. Look for for Jan. Best
0: wishes to you. Um, wow! By I the NBA it. official NBA YouTube account posted the video. Jan Vesley gets a warm welcome to the NBA. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's him. Kissing his girlfriend on draft night.
1: That's what's up, NBA.
0: Very interesting.
1: (laughs) I love it. Interesting. Um, (laughs) Sixth pick in the NBA draft, twenty eleven NBA draft. I'm going with uh, I'm going with the guy, Toby, Tobias, Mm. Tobias Harris. Who interesting? Originally went nineteenth. I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of there are a lot of low risers in this draft. I mean, this redraft so far, we got Kawhi at fifteenth. Jimmy Butler was thirtieth. Um, one player we have not named yet, and we'll see if you name him coming up. I, I'm, I'm kind of on, I honestly spaced on him, but I think Tobias Harris is better than that person. Um, Tobias Harris has been a good player for, I don't know, I'd say since 2015. He kind of came into his own with the, the Magic. Originally was playing for the Bucks as a rookie, which I don't remember that at all. Do you? Definitely don't remember that. Nope. That goes no. into
0: the Vucevic category of
1: no. Like what? Way. Like yeah. if I saw a picture of, of, of him in a Bucs they I'd say what the hell um obviously was was very very good with um very good with the Clippers in a short stint he kind of came into like I think that was when we got to the is Tobias Harris an all-star discussion mm-hmm. that was in 2018-19 wasn't there too long that season with the Clippers yeah yeah it, he was insane that season insane that was the average career high 20.9 points per game gets moved to Philly in a deal. What did that bring back to Philly? Do you remember? That was a, Oh, I got it. Trade by the Los Angeles Clippers with Boban, Mike Scott to Philly for Wilson Chandler, Mike was Landry Shamit in a first round pick, which turned out to be Sadiq Bay. I, I don't know if I like that trade.
0: No, definitely not. That's uh, a, <laughs> that is a very one-sided trade. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely remember, uh, yeah,
1: that's not great. Well, Tobias yeah. Harris was someone that people were saying the Kings were looking to acquire in that, um, that rumored, who are we, who are we, uh, who are we going to trade to Philly again? We we're going to make a big trade with Philly. Oh, it was me. Fox. It was a like deer and Fox to yes. Philly. That was like the the rumor. But then we heard that Monty McNair had no interest in acquiring Tobias Harris is it like, mm-hmm. it's a big contract. I think he's making over 35 million. So like you, not much else to say. Good player. I would love having one with the Kings if it wasn't that much money, but he's not going to No, he's making that much money. So mm-hmm. tough. I'm just looking here. Tobias
0: Harris was part was traded on draft night um, as a part of this. Since we're moving to the Kings number seven pick uh, Tobias Harris was part of the trade that got the Kings, the number 10 pick along with John Salmon's. So we do partially have Tobias Harris, to blame for this yeah well hey sacramento king's on the clock chris yes we, are, you, are you keeping the pick or are you trading it <laughs> i am going to keep this pick for sure because i am so good off of 2011 john mm-hmm. salmons i don't jimmer? need to see him play uh jimmer was actually the moment where i how we were talking about keegan murray earlier in this episode how um it would take you know they would take him i'd be upset but I would probably talk myself into it that was Jimmer was my first experience with that where I hated Jimmer in college I was like this guy can't dribble Uh, he shoots from very far that's fun for sure but I just didn't see it didn't see how he was going to get a shot off and then the Kings took him and I really had to think about it for a second and I was like you know if this goes bad like I think it will it will not be fun but if it doesn't and if this go if Jimmer becomes the next sensation and we're all living in Jimmermania, mania and Jimmer actually revolutionizes the NBA, not like that guy down in Golden State, that scrub, um, then this would probably be pretty fun to be a part of. And so I fell for it. And God darn it. It was uh, I should have stuck to my guns because. Probably wouldn't be recording this podcast today if I would have nope. just hated the Kings like I knew I should have. Um, But we're going to write that wrong. That's what we're here. That is literally why we are here doing this today is to write these wrongs. Um, How are you going to write it in this draft? <sighs> with the number seven pick, I'm upset to see Toby go. Toby was really who I was banking on for the Kings to take here. But uh I will happily, happily, happily take a better point guard than Jimmer Fredette, and I will go with Kemba Walker. Yep. Uh Kemba was a scoring machine both in college, which I can talk all day about Kemba Walker at UConn that season. It's filthy. Um I'm pretty sure the Kemba Walker step back uh, in the Big Ten tournament probably mm-hmm. has, if I had to guess, like five and a half million views. That's just a really random guess. But um, I'm saying that more to say I'm pretty sure I have 1.5 million of those views because I literally watched that video every single day um, in high school, probably for like two months straight. It was disgusting. Over it Pitt, was, right? Yes, I pit. I still, to this day, don't think I've seen a nastier move in college.
1: I think I can confidently say that the setback master. I mean, he's he's
0: second only to, and I'm sure we'll get to him. Isaiah Thomas's game winner in the PAC 12 tournament uh, with Gus Johnson. He's going to do it himself. Thomas crossover.
1: Step back. Oh, but it cold. Cold uh, Yeah. I mean, I like, I I like the pick. I was thinking about picking him at six, but I think I'd rather have to buy. I mean, Kimba Walker's career's taken a turn recently. It, it kind of it happened has. very quickly. Yeah. Basketball is like, I mean, the NBA is like. He's a small people. guy. I think that had a big thing to do with it, too. People fall off so suddenly in the NBA. It's kind of crazy yeah. how he goes from being, even in Boston, two seasons in Boston, but mm-hmm. uh, 2020, 2021, 43 games, played about half the season, yeah. 19 points per game, five assists, four rebounds, 42% from the field. Not great, but 36%. I mean, he wasn't a great shooter. Ever, He's not right. that great of a shooter. No. I mean very forty one percent for his career from the field, mm-hmm. thirty-six from three, which is respectable. Uh, eighty-four from the freezer line, which is incredible. So yeah, he he wasn't a high percentage guy. Uh wasn't really a yeah, wasn't really a distributor, five assists for his career. That's, that's how do you fine. think he would have fit next to DeMarcus? I think they would have been I think it would have been a lot better than <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think they I think they I think they would have won more games. I don't yeah. know if it would have been I don't know if they would have been completely successful, but I think that um he's not a pass first guard. So it'd be kind of interesting. Yeah. He's a scorer and DeMarcus is a score, but DeMarcus DeMarcus also was kind of a distributor too, a little bit. So I would have liked to see that rather than get John Salmons and humor Fredette. But... Yeah, I mean, the Kings ended up getting it with the 60th pick in this yes. draft. So
0: it kind of ended up being Kemba Walker. I mean, there's really no discernible difference between Kemba Walker and Isaiah Thomas. Um, With the exception of Isaiah's one incredible season in Boston, they're pretty much the same exact player,
1: stylistically at least. Oh yeah. Which I'm looking at the eighth pick now. Detroit Pistons took Brandon Knight. Yikes. Tough, tough. uh, Go watch his highlight tape. (laughs) Tough. (laughs) I think Brandon Knight's highlight tape is other people's highlight. He's back. He was in the NBA this year. though, after two years, he played for the Mavericks.
0: Good (laughs) for you, Brandon Knight. Isn't it sad that I guarantee the two most watched Brandon Knight highlights are him getting dunked on by DeAndre Jordan, which I think is still the nastiest like facial dunk I have seen. Uh, And number two is Kyrie Irving literally putting him on the floor in the uh, NBA uh, Rising Rising Stars
1: Stars game. game. Yeah, Yeah. those are those are his. And did you say blowing the layup? I completely forgot about blowing the layup, a wide open layup at Barclays center. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyways. Yikes. Brandon sorry, Brandon, I, rough career. <laughs> I'm
0: going to take, I'm going to take it. I think that the, this is a right, the right around the right spot for him.
1: It in a redraft after going 60th is a top 10 pick top eight pick yeah. to the Detroit. Um, Kind of can't really find his footing now. I mean, he was a great guard for a couple of years. MVP candidate back in 2015, uh, 16, 16, 17 MVP candidate. averaged almost 30 points per game. Uh, the Kings definitely messed up by moving him for nothing. Mm-hmm. And I guess you could say that it was a good draft for them. Well, it was a decent draft for them because they, they picked him up and didn't completely flail with Jimmer Fredette. And he scored 38 points in a game for the Kings. Isaiah Thomas scored 38 points in the game for the Kings. They lost. It was against Oklahoma City in Oklahoma City. Uh, in that same game, yeah, Kevin Durant went off for three. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say. But Isaiah, just yeah. I, I, I wish we had been here longer. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: definitely feel that because, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, obviously the Alex Orokai did not work out for
1: us. Hey man, he probably still playing somewhere. Probably Maybe not. not. Probably not. I wouldn't guarantee it. Um, that gives
0: me the ninth pick here, Charlotte, uh, who initially was Kemba Walker uh, at number nine. And instead of Kemba, I have an interesting couple of guys here to pick from. I'm going to go picks, with my guy. Scott, I'm going to go with Jonas Valanciunas. I think uh, yeah. Jonas like we kind of talk, I talked about him earlier. He's just really solid. Um you know, you kind of know what you're going to get from him. He's not really too ideal for the modern NBA. Um he's probably going to get taken off the court against uh you know a modern team in in crunch time. He's definitely not going to get uh, a lot of big time minutes against the Warriors because they will switch him to death. Um and he definitely could not guard the perimeter, but and you know he's not a great rim protector or anything, but just a very, very good offensive center. And uh, that's really that's really all I have to say about Jonas Valanciunas. Just a great offensive center and great rebounder. But
1: no, I agree, uh, definitely not a calculus I, I, changer. No, I agree. I um I like Valanciunas. I, I I didn't like him for some of the dirty things he he did in the <laughs> past. But um, sorry, Mezzi. Sorry, Mezzi. Um, he took that out last summer league when he punched that Mavericks player in the face. And was, you know what?
0: Uh, Valentunas was also the one that Cousins pump faked in the uh, in the Olympics, where he like was about to punch him. But Cousins, that was hilarious. Gave him the little uh, square up. Yeah, and yeah,
1: Valanciunas gave one of the like you coward. His head. He yeah, was like, <laughs> he just
0: literally like cowered in fear. Don't hit.
1: Last pick of a draft for us. Yeah, this is going to be this is a tough one because they're still I'm digging down a little here. bit. I've had my eyes on him uh, down here. I'm okay. going with I'm going with Bojan Bogdanovic. That's the right pick. Thank you. Beautiful. You have your eyes on that too. Yep. That's the right pick. You're watching out sure. for him. That's that's because like when you look at it, and I go, I go look, I look at all like the the metrics, win shares, win shares for 48, um, box plus minus, VORP. Like I've been looking, I've been going through all of them, and like I'm looking at Chandler Parsons right now. Is is the recommended 10th pick? No way. <laughs> Reggie Jackson's been very good for the for the Clippers the last couple of years. I think he's kind of been he's like refound himself after mm-hmm. having a couple down years. But I would love Bojan Bogdanovich on the team right now. And people, mm-hmm. I, I put that out on on Twitter the other day, and someone was saying, "Well, they can't even guard a housefly." First of all, houseflies are very hard to defend. <laughs> I chase them all the time. So with my little. My electric, Do you have one of those zappers? I have an electric zapper, and, uh, and it's it's run really not that easy. So, I don't know. Kawhi probably would struggle to get them, too, for what it's worth. Um, he's he's, he's grab him. Uh But, yeah, I mean, I I, I think there's an argument that Bojan McDonough would go top 10 in this draft. I mean, mm-hmm. Kenneth Fareed, no thanks. Marcus Morris uh, and Markeith Morris, I don't know if they go top 10 in a redraft. Uh, it gets Shumpert. Oh boy, freedom. Yeah, I don't think so. I just don't know. I, I think that Bojan McDonough is a top ten talent in this draft mm-hmm. today.
0: I mean, you look at—I'm looking right now at his past four seasons here in uh, his last season in Indiana, where he really showed out. And I remember him having an incredible playoff stretch. That playoffs. Let me see if they they have his playoff numbers here. Um, let's see here playoff series. Average 18. So I mean, his past four seasons in the playoffs, he's put up 18 points a game, which is also yeah. what he's done in the regular season. So you kind of know what you're getting out of him and what you're getting out of him is a fantastic shooter and a guy who can get you buckets. I mean, he's he's really um, we really don't think about uh, Boyan as like almost a 20 point a game scorer. But the past four years, he's been uh, 18 points in 2018, 20 points a game in 2019, 17 points in 2020 and this past season averaged eighteen points a game. Um all while shooting at or uh just below forty percent from three. He's he's only getting better really. And uh, you know, he's he's turning thirty three this next season. Um I think he's he's an incredibly underrated player and maybe honestly could have gone higher in this draft. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you mentioned some of the honorable mentions just to kind of Shump. get them out there. Shump, uh, Reed, if he would have continued what he did for like two or three seasons there. Kojo Kojo <laughs> definitely would not have been in any of my redrafts. No uh, Chandler Parsons, who is probably the person who has made uh, top five money. Yeah, in this
1: draft paid. Um, He's made
0: uh, had a cup of coffee, Twenty-seven million. million for Chandler Parsons. Absolutely insane for someone who has played as little as Chandler Parsons. Norris Cole? Bertans is in this draft. Uh, Norris Cole, like you said. um, Um,
1: How about Monty Eunice? I was uh, big on Monty Eunice.
0: Monty Eunice was very good for a couple seasons there. Marshawn Brooks, I was
1: really high on at one point. King Summer League Champion, Marshawn Brooks. Yes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, He was a big big part of that team. Uh, Nolan Smith out of Duke, who I love. He's now an assistant coach for John mm-hmm. Shire. That's um, right. That's about it. But this was an incredibly deep draft. I mean, realistically goes about like 15. I mean, there's like the the 20th, win share, the 20, uh, 20th place in win shares for this draft is Alec Burks. Which who's been good
1: everywhere except Sacramento.
0: Exactly. So that should tell you about how deep this, this draft was realistically about 23, 22 or so NBA level players. Um, And uh, you know, that's, that is a whole, if you can get that, that is pretty much the entire first round of, of real legitimate NBA talent. And uh, that just doesn't happen. Uh and you know we're kind of seeing it this year it, it's it's tough to to have that kind of deep of a, a draft and hopefully you know hopefully the four pick isn't cursed like you said hey
1: man fingers crossed yep fingers
0: we are officially crossed. an hour and a half into this podcast um, yes shout out everyone who's still listening Uh next week we will be uh who do we
1: say we're doing for player breakdown was it I think we are going to do on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday, whichever. What, are, what do we feel like? You know, oh. um, we are going to do. Hello. I think we're going to go with Alex Len, Cup. or Jeremy Lamb. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a. I'm not.
0: I'm. I'm not going to give away too much, but the Jeremy Lamb podcast is going to be fun. <laughs>
1: don't i don't want to know either you, is it gonna be a surprise or something no we already we already
0: discussed what we're talking about for oh the jeremy yeah lamb one that's gonna that's, that's right. gonna be fun that's that's, that's fun. what we're doing for the jeremy lamb one um but yeah alex len you know might not be the most exciting thing but um bear with us because we'll eventually get to the juicy stuff and you're gonna want to hear maybe we'll drop some tidbits in there um next week we will be doing the 2012 NBA draft, which should be fun. Let me take a little, we're getting,
1: we're we're getting to the Kings, like big misses now. Yes.
0: Yes. This is the Kings taking Thomas Robinson at number
1: five. Um, This is the first like big, big, big miss, like a notable, like they pick someone who the next pick was Damian Lillard, like a hall of famer. Yeah. So, so, the like Kings
0: might end up with Harrison Barnes in this redraft, but don't yeah. don't count me. I don't don't take that for um, for fact. But uh, yeah, next week we will be doing 2012. um am right sure there will be some other prospect. Maybe it's Shaden Sharp that we'll dive deep on. Maybe it's AJ yeah. Griffin. Maybe, Maybe both. Keegan Murray is the clear pick, we, and it's all about Keegan
1: Murray. We, we do need to talk. Uh, we need to reach out to our draft guys too. We need to talk to Brian. We need yep. to talk to Bobby. We'll have to set up. Uh, hopefully we can set up that. We'll might have to do it remote, but we'll, uh, we'll talk to the draft guys that, that can give us some, some insider stuff too, and what they think about these yep. guys. Yep. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, if
0: you haven't yet uh, subscribed or uh, followed our podcast, please make sure to do that. So you get all of the episodes in your inbox. Uh, or whatever it's called when your, your downloads, I don't know. Um, um, your no, Turn on your noties. Yeah, turn on your noties. Um, the noties. And smash that thumbs up button. Yeah. And we're going to try and get this one to 200,000 likes. Yes. Uh, if you get 200,000 likes, I'll do a giveaway for a free Xbox 360.
1: Is this like, what year is this? 2008? Yeah. Exactly.
0: Okay. Um, For Frankie Gardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Again, stay on the lookout for more episodes. Bye-bye.
1: Peace.